Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule is in effect on UFC Fight Pass. I'm Steve Kim, joined by a very thankful Mario Lopez. That's right. I am very thankful, and I like that you kept it uh, current kind of with seasonal. your moniker, your seasonal moniker. Shout out to uh, Smoking Tim Frazier over there. We've also got Tino. Tino. Visiting us in studio. Yes, a long time no see. But anyway, you got a lot to talk about the bout sheet for tonight's show. Uh, Stevenson versus De Los Santos, the snoozer in Sin City. Then we preview Benavidez Andre, Ask Mario, and Final Flores. But before we get started, we just want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located in Gardena, California, just 20 minutes from downtown LA. Check out the latest promo, So Fine Sundays, where they're giving away tons of cash. Beat the stadium traffic and play your favorite games at Hustler Casino. Casino. For more info, go to HustlerCasino.com. Also, big thanks to our sponsor, neighbor here in Hollywood, Scout Micro LA. They offer a unique and innovative hair loss solution for guys. Thing called SMP. It's the state-of-the-art hair restoration service that replicates the exact shape and follicle of your hair by tattooing tiny particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. And it looks really good, too. You can see results as little as one treatment. You can restore hairline, make your hair look Thicker, give you the illusion of a close crop hairstyle, scar concealment for uh, uh, camouflage burns or any condition you may have. They use the highest qualities. So if you're golden bald, if you're looking for a new look, just hit up our homies at Scout Micro LA and you mention this ad for a free consult. If you're getting thin, he'll help help fill fill you in. in. And now we begin round number one with our opening shot. Hey, salute. Damn, you went hard, Cam. I'm pacing myself. I've been drinking like a fish all weekend. Go for it. Yeah, well, you were not there ringside (laughs) for what I was there. Thank God. Thursday night, T-Mobile Arena in Viva Las Vegas on ESPN. And your new WBC lightweight champion of the world, Shakur Stevenson, with a 12-round decision over Edwin Dolores Santos. Your scores, 116-112 twice, 115-113. And uh, during this fight, you were blowing up my text. I'm going to clear the stage for you, but I just have one question. Did uh, Stevenson take more laps around that ring in Vegas than the F1 cars around the Las Vegas Strip? Nice reference. That's what I do. Okay. Do I do? Two things. One, I'm going to read the text out loud. Yes, to please you. do. Prior to that, I do want to preface it by saying we were both high on, on Shakur. Still am, kind of. I, 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 and listen, and I am too. I think he's wildly talented. I think he's very marketable. We we like the kid, and we, we think he, sh- he could be one of the big stars uh, in this sport if he was just a little busier. However, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read the text that I sent you because you said, "Are you gonna talk about this on Monday?" I'm gonna say. So I'm reading the text, mind you. I told I told the wife she wanted to watch him. I said, "I gotta watch this fight, honey. It's a Thursday night, so I'm already shot her down." Okay, and. I say, yo, mm-hmm. Kim, this fight is unwatchable, bro. Mm-hmm. A little, <laughs> a round or two later. Yo, for reals, this is a snooze fest. I said, at least it seems like De, De Los Santos is trying, but Shakur is playing a game of tag. And then you responded, or keep away. And I said, I hear a lot of boos. Mm. Are they yelling vaquero yes. in the background? Turns out they were. I said, I know this fight is on Thursday night. Maybe Shakur should consider fighting on Thursdays the rest of the career Ooh. because this was not this was not a primetime Saturday affair. Dos Santos needs to go for broke. Honestly, this might might be one of the worst fights I think I've ever seen. 
I said, this fight should have been scheduled on Monday morning at 9 a.m. I couldn't. And he goes, you better say all this on Monday. I said, honestly, this is how I feel. I I don't think you can ever look at him or consider him a pay-per-view star in the future if you're going to base it on performances off of this. I want my money back. I didn't even pay for anything. Mm. And here's the thing. I felt really bad, too, for Tess and Bradley because... (laughs) And we like those guys, but they were getting a lot of grief on social media, too. I think they were trying to make it exciting for the public at home, but the public saw right through that. Oh, like they were being heat. lied they're to. Getting heat. They were getting a lot of heat. You can't put Shakur on a card with another Mexican fighter, especially like Navarrete, because he's going to steal his thunder every time and take the spotlight. I, I just was so disappointed because Shakur, as talented as he is, it seemed to me that De Los Santos, who looked very prepared in there and confident and has a good punch, as we know, but he also looked like he's twitchy. Yep. And I think Shakur, at least it came across like he found him dangerous and didn't want to take any risk. I'm talking zero because it did look like a game of tag. And Nobody was it, by the way. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> and they set a record, unfortunately, for lowest punch output. This whole thing was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. And on the weekend of F1, when sort of the sports world and a yeah. lot of the, the, the common fans this were This was just, a showcase. It was a showcase. It let us down, man. And by us, I mean boxing and the and its fans and i was like oh man you can do better than that and you saw the picture that uh, was going on on social media with crawford and floyd and andre ward and with shakur and people saying okay the pound for pound of their eras but man that it, it i thought it was very telling that they were very quiet after the fight and even shakur himself tried to come out saying he didn't really have any excuses but then went ahead and said he didn't feel like himself and went all this stuff. So I was just sort of sort of blown away and taken aback. And he didn't do himself any favors at the end of the night, Kim. We said last week that Frank Martin, who pulled out of this fight, did not bring as many dimensions as was not as dangerous as Edwin De Los Santos. Mm. De Los Santos owned craft and power and his feints. They made Shakur very unsure of himself. Now, look, we're going to make this clear. I still believe that Shakur Stevenson is one of the toughest outs in all of boxing, but the way you do it matters in terms of are you ever going to be a pay-per-view star? And, Kim, because the fights are so infrequent. It matters. It really matters. So it's it's not like you can write this one off, okay, maybe I had a bit of an off night. And then in two months, we'd we'd get over it and we'd see him again. That's not the case because you perform so infrequently it matters more it matters a lot more of course it's magnified mario when you go to a dodger game and they lose their fifth straight game you know what that is just a small bump in the road in two weeks it doesn't even matter exactly because there's 162 games in boxing you have one bad performance that stench sticks with you like a skunk for seven or eight months Here's what I found interesting. Because people are going to say what they say about the fight. Look, I was bored to death. I How was, was it there? Was it even oh Was my, it even worse? It was in a sense because you couldn't be distracted by anything. And literally the crowd, which was very excited by the Navarrete Ropes and Conce well, Cow fight. That's exactly it. On the heels of that, right. it made it even worse. It, and it, all of a sudden, the main event became the walkout bout. Mm. And there were a lot of Mexicans, and they were chanting Vaquero even long after the fight. And I saw people leaving before the 12th round. Wow. So it literally became... The walkout bout. Mm, now, not a good look. Now, everyone has spoken about the nature of the fight ad nauseum. And, and I'll get this joke off. Yeah, um, Shakur got a deal with Reebok. Obviously, it was for running shoes. Pa-da-pa. Anyway, but there's two things that he said. Take that, another drink. Yeah, that, <laughs> thank you. That really 
kind of like raised an eyebrow with me because this is something that we talk about a lot. He said, well, this long camp, I had a long camp and I got kind of injured. Mario, I'm going to say it again. Activity matters. When you have repetitive use and you're training 8, 10, 12 months instead of fighting more often and breaking it up, I believe that fighters are getting injured more often with longer camps and less fights. The other thing, Shakur is biting back at anybody on Twitter, including me, because I pointed out how Floyd Mayweather was a lot more active at the same stage. Mario, do you know that at the same age of 26, that while Shakur Stevenson had 21 fights, you know Floyd had 31? Absolutely. And by the way, Floyd, even after winning his first world title, had years when he fought more than twice a year. Let me put this into perspective. Floyd Mayweather in 1998, when he won his world title against Gennaro Hernandez, he fought seven times total. That's when he was pretty boy. Yes, that's when he was spectacular. But this is how much the business has changed, because I was there that night. I was much younger. I was about 38 back then. October (laughs) of 1998, he absolutely just swarms Gennaro Chicanito Hernandez. God rest his soul. I remember that. One of the most spectacular young talents I've ever seen. You know when he fought Angel Manfredi? Two months later. Look at that. Two months. So so then now in... Destroyed him, too. Right. In 1999, he fought three times. 2001, he fought three times. So my point is... Everybody eventually becomes a two-fight-a-year guy at that upper level. But the seasoning is not the same now. Absolutely. Shakur, for his own marketing and his own sharpness, has to be more active. What I keep hearing about him is that Stevenson and his team keep saying, well, we're not going backwards on the money. Hmm. At what price is that coming at? We've discussed how... It's very short-sighted, and we're not looking at the big picture as far as building a brand and building yourself just to be a better fighter. Look, like I mentioned earlier, if he had this off night when he was going to fight in two months, that'd be wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter, matter, but it matters a lot now because now, if you want to get to the point when you're asking the public to pay to see you or you're right. going to try to structure this new deal, what incentive is there when you're fighting like that? So, I look... Floyd, because to, to, you used him as an example, he was busy as he was, and he was a different type of fighter when he was pretty boy before yeah. he turned into money. And he, at that point, building, he was much more offensive. Yes. He was a lot more action-packed. And not until he was already sort of established and as a star did he came to come a, a really focus more into being defensive minded and all that. But no, these guys already are putting the cart before the horse and they're not and they're not there yet. Yeah, they're not there yet as, as a fighter and they're not there as a star or an attraction. And even though he just won the fight and now is becoming a three division world champion at age twenty six, um, and congratulations to that. That is a great achievement. Absolutely. But this is the reality. If you're a Tank Davis, you don't even pay him no mind. And I find it interesting, the jousting between him and Ryan Garcia well, I was on ask, Twitter. I was going to ask huh. you about that. I mean, listen, I don't know if it's a case of right message, wrong messenger, but he made some pretty solid points. Um, Ryan did as far as um, 
the business aspect, I mean, I don't want to get into the money of it, but I don't know how true it is that he made maybe 10% of what he made. and Or, or maybe if he's not too far off. I don't off. think he's too far off. Okay, maybe he's not too far off of those numbers. And the numbers at pay-per-view, they did perform well. So again, we we were talking about being a star. Ryan, That what he did, what he was clever about is he did build himself up as a brand. Yes. Now, he hasn't built himself up as a fighter to the point of Shakur, but at the end of the day, this is prize fighting. You know what this is really is, though? The entertainment business. Exactly. Oh, I that's... Mean, Kim, the, the <laughs> fight, that's exactly, it provided zero entertainment value. Zero, and I'm one to appreciate the sweet science and, and maybe even a defensive uh, display of art. But, bro, you could, it, would, I, it was a track meet. And I, I, it was just very frustrating to watch because you wanted a fight to break out at any moment. Look, we're talking about the entertainment industry and the business of boxing. I don't believe a Tank Davis or a Ryan Garcia are next on the table. <clears throat> but if you are Stevenson's people in top rank, there's two names now that you got to go after next year. And they're both really good fights and I believe will provide easier styles. Not necessarily easier fights, but easier styles. William Zapata and Raymond Modataya. Yeah, and I throw Navarrete in the mix. Yes. And I throw those three in the mix. Those, I think, are all right for us, baby. Yeah. And I think we'll get him back on board or we'll get people back on board um for as far as the hype train and the next big thing because if you if you have another performance like that on the heels of that oh people are going to start jumping shit Kim. Mario I don't remember the last time a fighter had a performance where he won where both the colleagues of his the fellow prize fighters ones that are retired ones that are active felt a certain way in line with the fans cuz mm. you know the fans are always going to be a little bit bloodthirsty and I'm one of them but this, if this was a movie, it, it would be Ishtar or Geely or one of those really bad ones that you're like, oh, God. Uh, Ishtar, Ro- no, people don't know what we're talking about on Ishtar. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what Ishtar, but maybe Geely they maybe know. Geely, maybe Geely, but I'm just telling you, if this was a, a rated on Rotten Tomatoes, it'd be about a 7%. Right. It was not handled well. And I hope that Shakur has to realize, look, all can be forgiven with a couple of performances. But if you're just going to fight every other eight, nine months, twice a year, you have to live with the performance and it's going to stick with you. That's the situation that you want to be in. That is the unfortunate reality. I, I love the three fighters we just mentioned uh, as potential fights yeah. for him. I'm not mad at the Ryan Garcia fight. I actually find yeah. that intriguing. I think he's I think he's powerful enough that Shakur will respect him. Yes. And I, I think that could be actually a pretty interesting fight. You know what does concern me about Shakur? And, and again, there may have been some physical ailments. I'm saying, look, things happen. Um, he may have been injured. It may have hampered his performance. But this is what I know. In two outings against above-average punchers, De Los Santos and Jeremiah Nakatila, um, Shakur did not want to swim without getting wet. He wanted to not even jump into the pool. And say what you want about Ryan. But he's always he an entertaining fight. That fights. left hook. That left well, hook. no, he could bang, but he's always he tries. Right. He goes out there and tries, even with heavy-handed, dangerous tank. Yes, he went out there and was swinging away. So going back to entertainment value, I'll take that every day. Think about like Amir Khan or these other yes. sort of. Ch- you know what? I always wanted to watch them fight because it was yeah. exciting, and they still always went out on their shield. It's like Evil Knievel. You you never know what could happen. Exactly. Um, and and on this co-feature. Uh, a guy that is almost like the polar opposite of Shakur Stevenson because his weaknesses become his strengths. And it makes him incredibly 
entertaining and fun to watch despite his technical deficiencies. But it was Edwin, or excuse me, Emmanuel Navarrete retaining his WBO junior lightweight title with a 12-round draw over the very game Robson Consecao. Our scores, 114-112 for the defending champion, and two had a deadlock and 113-113. How did you have it in person? I actually thought that Navarrete took over in the second half. So did I. I thought it was. Yeah. An, I thought that was. I was kind of surprised by that. It, it was a fun fight, and he's one of those guys that he's obviously very effective. But I don't know if judges on a close round lead to the other guy just because they might yeah. stylistically look a little cleaner, right? A little with, better, a little better, right? With their punches, but I don't. I don't punish him for that or take him uh, away for that. But there's another guy that's been busy. Another guy, yeah. by today's standards, who uh, deserves all the uh, credit for entertainment and he's purposes. Fun. And he's and fun. And he's fun, man. I, it, look, Navarrete, in addition to the two knockdowns that he scored, every time someone was significantly hurt, it was Conce Cao. Now, Conce Cao, to his credit, at the end of the 11th round, he looked like me at the end of happy hour. He was staggering back to the corner, and I said, ooh, this fight may not make it. There are people actually murmuring, should we stop this fight? First good reference. Right, and by the way, uh, Conta Cal won the 12th to salvage the draw. So a lot of credit to him. He fought his guts out. He did, he did. And listen, I, a, a tip of the hat, but I thought Navarrete had done enough to, so to squeeze I. back 115, 113. But uh, it was a, a great fight, and I think really highlighted the... Dullness of the fight no. that uh, it was the came worst after. possible co feature for saying. Shakur. It was like, oh, <laughs> all right. So, anyway, when we come back, we preview Benavidez Andre pay per view this Saturday. It's the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. Shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually very realistic. You can see the results in as little as one treatment. They create and restore hairlines, give the appearance of density to thinning hair. So if it's starting to go, it'll look a little thicker. If you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh, look this summer, check out our homies over at Scout Micro LA and mention this ad for a free consult. This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located in Gardena, California, just 20 minutes from downtown L.A. Check out the latest promo, So Fine Sundays, where they're giving away tons of cash, beat the stadium traffic, and play your favorite games at Hustler Casino. For more info, go to HustlerCasino.com. And we're back on the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to get involved with the three knockdown rule, and sponsor our fine program. We still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. Okay, moving on. This Saturday from Las Vegas, Nevada, Showtime pay-per-view, our main event, super middleweight division. David Menavides takes on Demetrius Andrade. Mario, I don't know what Boo Boo has in terms of his legs, but there, if there's tread on that tire, I think his style being southpaw, athletic, and fluid, this is a problem. 
This is a problem. Hey, that's why I give uh, Benavides props for taking it. Uh, Demetrius Andrade has been one of those guys that's been really avoided and people haven't really wanted to mix it up for him because the risk isn't necessarily uh, worth the reward. So he, I think, is going to be a problem. But Benavides is a guy that brings the fight to you and forces you to fight if he's able to catch up with him and uh, be in range to exchange. I like him right now. He's been looking really good in his last outings. I thought he was very impressive against uh, Caleb Plant, who always comes to fight. Um, But Demetrius, for the reasons you mentioned, is a tough puzzle to solve. So I think it's a fascinating fight. I don't know how entertaining it'll be. I'm going to say it's probably going to be a little more entertaining than what we just saw. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm really interested to see how it uh, it shakes out because I think right now Benavides has got a lot going for him as far as his options in the future and the pressure will mount with a great performance for Canelo to face him should he look really good. You use the word entertaining. If it's less entertaining, it's an Andre type of fight. The more entertaining it is, if there's fireworks, it's a Benavides fight. I always wonder though with guys like Benavides who has two fights, the one at the weigh-in, to make that 168-pound limit in the actual fight, mm. there comes a point of diminishing returns. I would give this message to Boo Boo. You're not getting a rematch under any circumstances short of winning. So come the ninth, 10th round, it does not matter if you think you have a lead. You better press that gas pedal. Let Do not circle go. around the ring. You better try to finish this job off and be as thorough as possible. But I do wonder about the politics. We all know the Benavides, he is the draw here. We are in Las Vegas. He's going to be the effective aggressor. I just wonder, can Andre actually win a close decision? We don't know. Hopefully, we're going to find out. Benavides is a momentum fighter. My view is this. This is going to kind of look like the Caleb Plant fight in a sense that after first four to six rounds, you know who's going to be ahead. It's going to be the other guy. That second half is when Heartbreak Hill hits. Well, you know what? That's a good example, too, because Caleb Plant, another athletic guy with fast hands and movement, and I thought that was a good blueprint for um, Benavidez as far as how to approach it. So I think he knows that handle is good. By the way, he's a fast-handed guy himself. Yeah. Not too quick with his feet, but super fast with his hands. Very impressive. So I'm interested in this fight. Obviously going to definitely be checking it out. In your view, and especially if it's Benavidez, the winner of this fight, are they now first in line or are they almost close to it in the Canelo sweepstakes of 2024? I think it's I think it's number one. I think if number one, Ooh. I think I, who would you rather see Canelo face other than Well, Benavides? Canelo's made it clear though. When it came to Boo Boo, he said, "Payday, payday! You're a terrible fighter. Right. I don't want to fight you." But, yeah, but let's assume Benavides. But, but, but again, he hadn't seconds. beaten Benavides though. Correct. Right. So. Let, let's assume Benavides is victorious. Is there anyone other than Benavides you'd prefer Canelo to fight? At 68, short of B-ball coming down in weight, and I think the I think the better BF fight may actually happen next year I know, in excited. Saudi Arabia. I'm so, excited mm-hmm. for that. Well, we didn't talk about that we'll when they had met each other. Yeah. No, but I'm saying yeah. when they had met each other yeah. and they had seen each other, you know that's a fight I really want to happen. Um, there's a, Who else other than Benavides right. would you rather have Canelo? Uh, it's not hypothetical. It's serious. Right. I don't know of anyone else that I'd rather other than Benavides to, to fight. And for Canelo, it seems to make the most sense business-wise, too, because I think that would do a lot of big business. And we already discussed that um, the UFC is going to go on that September 16th date. So Ooh, you better load it up then. You better load it up. If you're going to fight, it better be a fight like this. I'm hearing Canelo in May. The name that I'm hearing for that particular date on Cinco de Mayo weekend... <clears throat> Is Jaime Munguia. 
So that slot's basically taken almost. I'm not mad at that fight. Okay, that could be fun. I, that could be fun. Um, however, I still prefer Mungia and Berlanga mm. uh, prior. But that could be fun. But in a in a perfect world next year, I would love Canelo, Mungia, May, and maybe Benavides in September. But you bring up a good point. I feel like Benavides is busting at the seams. Yes. At 168. I don't know how much longer right. he can make it's the that, expiration man. date. It's that carton of milk that expires so, tomorrow. So if he has a spectacular performance, maybe the pressure will be on mm-hmm. to, to uh, fight in May. We'll see. Yeah, and let's see if Munguia. I'm hearing he's going to be lined up to face John Easy Ryder. That's not a gimme. It's not. He's a big kid, too, because yeah. I've been seeing right. a wild card recently. So, man, he's got to kill himself to make 168. Also on this pay-per-view card, uh, IBF Junior Welterweight titles on the line. Subaru Matias takes on Shohojan Ergashev. And then for the WBA Junior Lightweight title, Hector Luis Garcia defends against Lamont Roach. And then in a super middleweight uh, special feature, Jermall Charlo takes on Jose Benavidez. Uh, really good card, top to bottom, put together here by PBC. Mm. Uh, moving on to the, from the YouTube theater in L.A. on the zone, your main event on this night, Diego Pacheco with the ninth round stoppage over tough game veteran Marcelo Coseras. Mario at 20-0, 17 knockouts, just 22 uh, years of age. I, and certain people are not calling him a prospect. They're calling him a young mm. contender. I know this. I think he's matchroom boxing's best young fighter. I really do. I agree with you. He's his most exciting. He is TV friendly. I want to watch him fight. He sort of reminds me of like a super middleweight Arturo Gatti in the sense Mm. that he lets his hands go. He um, wants to please the audience. He's very offensive minded, uh, big for the weight. He's got a big heart, fights with spirits. Maybe the defense is a little shaky, but then again, that's the way... Um, he was made and it makes it for fun uh, TV. So I really like him. I mentioned Berlanga with Munguia. I wouldn't mind Berlanga. Neither with, would Eddie Hearn. With uh, Diego Pacheco either. This is what I'm hearing. Eddie Hearn wants to make that fight. He's made it clear. The Berlanga camp signed with Matchroom Boxing when Canelo was still on that side of the street. They thought they had that fight. So, and maybe they still want that fight. Well, So from that perspective, I'm not taking a lot of risks. I'm not taking on Munguia. I'm not taking on Pacheco. I don't see that. I think Canelo would get. I think Canelo would get would get um, killed with the media. He'd get panned. That's what I'm saying. He'd get panned with it, the media for taking on that. Yeah, it's a layup. Now look, he's earned the right for some layups and stuff. But I. I but he always dares to be great. I don't. That's I don't, a step backwards. Yeah, I don't it see really him. Is. I don't see him accepting that. And that's fight. not not only a step backwards. That Michael Jackson moonwalking at the Motown Awards in '83. I mean, he's just going way no, back. No, right. He yeah. doesn't. No, no, no. He doesn't. He doesn't need that. He Here's the that. issue with Pacheco, who actually reminds me a lot of his stablemates, since they're in the same camp with Jose. Benavides Sr. Uh, David Benavides, big tall guy that puts volume pressure together. Yeah. And you talk about the defense. I, I will say this. I would not put him up for a title shot yet. I know he's being rated pretty highly. Ring Magazine has him at number nine. But Mario, I still see things where he does not bring his hands back fast enough or high enough at times. Quick-handed guys with a little bit of power. I would be very judicious. I would still handle him like a prospect, even well, I, though certain people think he's ready. I no, don't. No, no. no I agree. I, I, you don't want to rush this kid. That's why I said someone like a Berlanga, I think, is a really good um, Who do you like in that test fight? for him. I like Pacheco. So do I. I, I like think he's Pacheco. more willing. Yeah. But again, we got to see if he can catch. I saw Pacheco get slightly buzzed in Mexico. 
two, three fights ago. Say what you want about Berlanga. He still is heavy-handed, but... He's but, gotten buzzed, too. Yes, but Pacheco looks like a guy who likes it in the trenches. Mm. I don't really sense that uh, with Berlanga. And, but I think this guy's got a bright future. Eddie Hearn has said, look, we're going to showcase him three more times next year. And we're going to come back to L.A. Exciting style. And keep this in mind, again, he's only 22. Wow, also, young. last Saturday from Manchester, England, for the WBC featherweight eliminator, Nick Wrecking Ball, who's a ball of muscle, <laughs> uh, just outfights a very tough Isaac Dogbay. I think this guy's going to make some fun fights at 126. And then fight preview, continuing on that, Saturday from Dublin, Ireland, on the zone for the junior welterweight women's undisputed championship. Chantel Cameron takes on Katie Taylor. Mario, news and notes here. Remember Oshaki Foster had that big victory over Rocky Hernandez? Signed a multi-fight deal with top rank. Congratulations to him. Okay, how about Navarrete against Foster Mm. in a junior lightweight unification? All I can say is this. I don't want to code switch. Me gusta. Me gusta. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're used to, I would like to see him with this guy. With that, Navarrete, yeah. we just mentioned like three or four different fighters. That's the biggest compliment you can give a fighter. Yeah. If you want to see him against um, other people, uh, both Munguia, I mean, even Berlanga, say what you will. We want to see yeah. him because he's having a, that's That is a quality that you can't um, underestimate. And you can't take too lightly. You've got to want to see him because they make for fun fights. If you're kind of... That, that equals ratings, that yeah. equals business, that equals money. So those kind of fights are the kind of the kind of fighters are the ones we need to see. Look, he has a major belt, and he just had one of the best fights of 2023, and he outfought a Mexican, just grinded him down late. Okay, you did that to Rocky Road Hernandez. Let's see if he could do it to Vaquero. That, I hope, and again, I don't know how long Vaquero's going to be at 130. He's perpetually moving up in weight real quickly. But that would be, I would, among the top dozen fights I'd like to see in 2024. Speaking of fights in 2024, how do you like this fight? The return of Vasil Lomachenko against George Cambosis. That bad. Ooh, that's not a bad fight. That's not a bad fight. That's an interesting fight. Bit of a... I don't want to say crossroads. It is crossroads, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, it I is. guess it is. I guess it is because I don't. They didn't look to me. I still thought Loma won this. Me last too. Fight, so it wasn't like in Cambosis. I, I, Haney was at the peak of his powers right there. It wasn't like he looked awful. So, but I guess it's sort of crossroad for that star sort of uh, uh, slot. Look, if you winner will, that of that is all of a sudden in that Stevenson sweepstakes. Now, mm-hmm. look, Shakur can say what he wants. You need recognizable foes after that last performance. Yes. Uh, be open to anything. Uh, and one last thing. Uh, I was told this past week that Top Rank and ESPN, they're going to be doing a show on Super Bowl week in the first week of uh, first weekend of February. It looks like it might be another Thursday night show. Oh, because yeah. we're hearing rumors also that uh, when Ryan Garcia will be fighting too. Right. Against maybe Tia Fimo. I heard there's a long way away though. I don't see it happening. Oh now. gosh, I hope it does because that's a great fight. Well, you know, Tia Fimo, look, I hope he does well, no matter what our relationship is. But for him to only fight one time last year. Again, he's doing the same thing as the last time. Right. With That's like, oh. Well, look, if it's real, the Garcia fight, then okay, I guess I understand right. him being patient. But if not, 
then my man, yeah. you've got to learn from the last round. Um, your youth is limited. Father time is undefeated. Yeah. Once those sands of time, you cannot reverse it. Youth wasted on the young. Absolutely. Let's go to the Ask Mario segment of the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. Here's one from Ricardo Hernandez. Steve, was the Del Taco and Barstow more entertaining than the Shakur fight? Can I just tell you something? Barstow, Del Taco, the Mecca. Wow, the Barstow Taco, the Macho Nachos. I'm not going to lie to you. If I had to rate my trip on everything that took place. It, it's just because you've been in the desert for so long driving that that particular Del Taco, it's not like that Del Taco is much better than the you other You want to bet? It's the original. It's absolutely the first one. Is it the very first it's, one? It's is the, it really? Yes, and they have like a little museum of all Oh, I did not know the one and, in Barstow? And their, well, that's a fun fact. And their food is actually fresher and better. And a lot of people that never gone in there have told me, Steve, we get it. Recipe. No, it's not. No, it's Come not. On. Oh, I'm no, taking your authentic tacos. You know, we were talking about Del Taco. I used to live across the street from one Tuesday nights, five dollars. All you can yeah, eat. Yeah, but it's not as good. That was good. And the macho nachos, the way you know where I eat tacos. Yeah. So I ain't even getting excited about No, no, but those are some. those are white American corporate fast food tacos. I get what I'm getting, but even yeah. the freshness of their jalapenos on the nachos. You're gonna go white wow. American. Fr- can I tell you something? You what might think this I'm is nasty. Switching. Yeah, what? Jack in a box tacos. Oh, those are good though. Those are good. Those the are greasy good. ones. No, okay, I thought you were gonna that. shit on those. No, no, the greasy no. Jack in a box yeah. ones are bomb, but you gotta be a little hammered. Yes. To have you can't be having those. No, no, then, that, no, no, but that is absolutely a hangover <laughs> food. There's no doubt about that. But the grease, it soaks it all up. But it's amazing. I only go to one Barstow Del Taco, the original. I don't go to any the of original? them. I didn't know those were okay, It is okay. absolutely the original. I'm not gonna break your balls. Thank you. Uh here's one from the truth. Shakur should not be a main event fighter. He is too boring. Performances like that hurt the sport instead of helping it. Uh, would like your thoughts. Well, we just huh. dis- we discussed huh. it. Huh. If he was busier, then it probably wouldn't matter as much. But every fight matters and counts. It is magnified when you fight so uh, infrequently. He's got to match up with one of the fighters that we discussed. And they've got to do some damage control because they can get away from them. And people will yes. start turning on you real quick. Right. Uh, here's one from Nyquil Jordan. <laughs> Who's the best 130-pounder right now? Navarrete didn't look fantastic. I like me some Joel Cordina and would probably favor him over anyone else. Mario, I think the body of work and the activity with Navarrete. You got to go with Navarrete. And he's afforded yeah. a off night. I don't even know it was an off night because he was a tough night. That was a tough night. You're exactly right. It was a tough night. I still wouldn't favor anyone else, I think, against Navarrete at 130. Give him a little break because he's been kind of busy. But if he fights early this next year, I'm still going to favor him against anyone else at 130. Would you? And, right. And I think Shock Foster. Let's give him some credit. Yeah. He's a solid athlete who beat a difficult Ray Vargas, mm-hmm. went to Mexico, and overcame Rocky Hernandez. He's up there. I like him. Let's get him some credit. Here's one from Adam Logan. How many boxers fighting today do you consider to be must-see TV? I'm talking about the Zapatas and the Lee Woods of the world who demand appointment viewing. Well, Zapata. Yes. For sure. I'd even throw Navarrete. I, yeah. I, want, I want to see him fight whenever he fights. Um, NUA. Want to make sure he fights. Yeah. See him fight anytime. Canelo still want to see the biggest star in the sport fight because he always does come to fight. Um, uh, um, who is going to put um Better be Better be the wrecking ball. I want to see the wrecking ball with his hundred percent knockout. Um, Usyk because he dares to be great going up there all the time. 
And I like I like Tiafimo. Whenever I want to see Tiafimo, the yeah, because it's does. so unfrequent, you can't miss it. Well, I know, but when he does find <laughs> it, is always entertaining. Mario, what's interesting is the last time that I got together with the crew at the world famous. Did I miss anyone? No, not really. Because it's interesting. When we were at the uh, Phil Trainees, world famous Phil Trainees, pound for pound, best calamari. Sea bass, sea bass. And the, yeah, and the oh well, the Chilean sea bass. I got that last time. Is there Phil, sea bass from anyone else? Why did Chile? <laughs> Chilean. Just, well, we got the Chile. All of a sudden, well, just like. Cornered that market. But anyway, um, I asked a crew of boxing people, <clears throat> give me four fighters that for you are must-see TV or that you would make an appointment to watch or to pay oh, for. Terrence Crawford, I'm sorry, of course. Crawford, Crawford. was in there. Inouye was in there. Okay. Zapata was in there. Okay. And Usyk. Those are the top four. I mentioned those. Okay. those. So those are the ones that were the consensus around the table. Guys that are in the sport of boxing right. that have a vested interest. So you pretty much nailed it right there. Here's one from Matty Rolls. If we ever get a Stevenson versus Haney fight, do you believe we will be able to hear audible snoring from the audience on the broadcast? Wow. No, wow. Maddie Roll, that is tough, man. I'm I'm not clamoring for that fight, I'll be honest with you. Styles don't make fights. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes they don't. Uh the jousting on Twitter may be more entertaining than the actual fight. And the problem is in that fight, who's gonna lead? We both know guys want to box, but someone's got to lead here. That's why I like Ryan Garcia. Right. I do like him in that fight. Well, here's the thing, though. Ryan's a counterpuncher, though. I know, but he at least... Can lay traps. Exactly. Here's one from Carlos Ortiz, and I hope I'm not uh, ruining this uh, pronunciation. As much as y'all eat Mexican food, have y'all had pupusa? Pupusa, yeah, that's... um, Yeah, Salvadorian. Mm. It's it's a Salvadorian deal right there. I think I have had it, and I think I do like it. It's rare if I don't like it. What is it? It's like a, it's like a, um, no, what do you call it? Like the, like the, um, no, but like the, like the empanada. It's kind of like an empanada. Okay. Here's a question from Omar. How is Jermel Charles belt not on the line for his upcoming fight? Mario, um, look, I like Mauricio Suleiman, but he's making a clown out of himself recently. Uh, Ripping the ring magazine. Um, Everything he said about ring, I'm like, yeah, uh, that's that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jermel Charlo, look, whatever issues you're going through, I get it, okay? You know it's been over two years since he has fought and defended his title. This fight with Benavidez, not David, but Jose, a career welterweight, is not at 160. It's at 163. Mm. How do you justify him not taking that title, and this is what upsets people, even though it's different organizations. Terrence Crawford gets less than three months by the IBF to say, all right, you're gone. This guy gets to hold on to it like an Olympic cycle. You can't hold it hostage. It's not fair. That's what's happening. I know. And my my belief is this. If you really have mental issues, um, and I'm going to say this again, not to be insensitive to anyone's problems, if you're going to cite that you have mental issues, you should be like if it's a drug test that goes wrong, get treatment. Go to a facility, and what we'll do is, and they've done this, we'll put you as champion in recess. So when you're ready to defend your title, you can come back to whoever has that title. But in essence, when you do not fight at all, you're not just holding up a Carlos Adames, who's the number one guy that that paid a sanctioning fee for the interim. Mario, you're holding up nine other fighters in the rankings. All division. So I, there comes a point with Mauricio, we know who you're aligned with. Stop pointing fingers because when you do, three of them come right back at you. Mario, moving on to uh, final flurries. I wanted to touch upon this. Oscar De La Hoya, our good friend, tweeted last night on a Sunday 
They will never make 90s fighters the same. I will personally give a championship fighter $5 million to fight five world titles in one year as he did in 1997. He I did. like Listen, he's literally putting his money where his mouth is. Where his mouth is and he's he's speaking on uh, experience and he's got the, the evidence to prove it. He puts it out there because I don't think anyone will do it, man. Yeah. And it's it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. And you think of night. He's talking about the nineties as if like they were the sixties. It's not that long ago, or I guess it is. Isn't you know, it? you know what? As kids in the nineties, we used to think, "Oh, that's back in the sixties." Now, now we're like, oh, it's in the nineties." Oh boy, dude, we're old. <laughs> dude, well, at least I am. But, yeah, well, we're all the same age. Well, me, you and Oscar, yeah, essentially. Here's so. the issue, though, that I have. And if you go to that thread, a lot of these people, a lot of these morons. Low IQ people were saying, oh, man, he deserve, they deserve more than that. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, most fighters, 99% of the fighters, even the world champions, a lot of them make six figures. They're not all making seven figures. There's no. probably about 25 fighters in the world, I believe. Sure. 2% maybe. Maybe. At that, I think that's even pushing it. Right. If you go by the box rack Might be database. 1%. So there's 1% that is making a lot of money. Certain guys are making 50 to 75 if they have Saudi oil money. Other guys making three to five, like Shakur Stevenson. But guys like Oshaki Foster, they're probably making about 350 to half million. So if a guy says to me, hey, not only do you get to fight five times for your contracted minimum and stack some paydays, and I'll write you a check for five million, everyone's make it, making it sound like every fighter that has a belt is making five million. No, they're not. They're making probably about 500,000 or less. Mm-hmm. So. But again, it's easy to make these offers when you know no one's going to take it. That is the reality of it. That's his point. That's yes. his point. You know, we were talking about last week how the UFC has got a great model where the fight, the best fight, the best each and every week. Yeah. That you're The next man up as far as the number one contender. In the MMA uh, universe, the Saudis, because you mentioned the Saudis are getting big into the mm. fight game. They recently bought... PFL and Bellator and they're having the merge. They're making moves. So they're really making moves in the combat sports world. Um, And they're consolidating that. They're going to throw some dough at it. So they've really decided, okay, we're going to lean into this fight game, both MMA and uh, boxing. So I think that bodes well for even boxing, even though they made that move over to MMA. Yeah. Mario, this past week, uh, it was interesting. I've never actually covered a quote-unquote major fight on a Thursday night in Las Vegas, and that was the decision of ESPN with top rank. Um, The F1. Now, look, what I'm reading on Twitter and a couple of other things, the elites, the rich people, the celebrities – they had a great time because they had the VIP treatment. But I have to be honest with you, Mario, in being there from like last Tuesday to early Thursday or Friday morning, none of the locals cared about it. And this is interesting, Mario. Not just didn't care about it. They said they hated it. They hated it. Started. Months ago, Kim, I want to say six months ago, I went to Vegas and they were already starting to build the stands. Yeah, and it, you only got 28 drivers. Who? Where is the fanfare for F1 here in the states? I, I actually I didn't see it in the states. I was in Canada when I saw it. it was a, it was a great and it was it was a fun experience. They embraced it. Here I heard it was a bit of a crap show in that it did. Even the celebrities they said the parties weren't as like elaborate and as great as they thought they were going to be in the events themselves. So there, a lot of the buzz was not there. Mario, when I've gone to many fights at the T-Mobile, and you know they have that block of restaurants and bars. Yeah. And usually after a big fight, or any fight, there's a lot of traffic, and it's like a scene. So me and Ignacio, who works with us on the show, we decided to get a beer. This is about 30, 40 minutes after the last bell. 
We went into a bar where it was so empty. We literally walked right up. We had a, I had a couple of Heinekens, and the guy said, okay, last call, guys. It was 1045 on a Thursday night in Las Vegas. And so we're talking to this bartender, and he said, there's been nobody here. This is a bust. In fact, Crazy. we're closing up, and we're kind of afraid that none of us are going to make money this weekend. In that, well, aside from the shit beer you drank, I think it's wild. Heineken is quality. What are we talking about? Wild. Yeah, you and your little Dutch beers. I thought you were a Modelo guy, yeah. dude. Come on. What is it German? Same I'm, co- I'm code switching. Same too. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's your new favorite yeah. term. <laughs> no, I heard it was um it no was one a was big there. disappointment the whole weekend and stuff was wild. Yeah, and I see some of the footage where no one's out on the strip and I the know. locals said we're not driving into certain areas. Now, we were lucky because the New York, New York was kind of off and you went through the back way, I think Sammy Davis Jr. Boulevard. So you just park in New York, New York. But most of the regular foot traffic that you would expect. During football season, it, it seemed emptier than usual. Uh, I would call it the fire festival of auto racing. I love that reference. I Thank saw. You. I think you tweeted something yeah. like that. I love that reference, and yeah, that seems to be the feeling. The feeling. I'm really glad I didn't go. Now I'm going to be in Vegas the weekend of December 15th for um, the fights. Yeah, up there, and things will be back to normal. I think things should be uh, back to normal. Uh, Mario, what is faster? Usain Bolt in his prime in the hundred meter dash. Or the Diddy settlement. That was quick. Yo, that was quick, bro. Real quick. That was wild how um, <laughs> all those crazy allegations had uh, come out. And then I'm talking record time the next day uh, he settled that, which a lot of people are kind of all over the place. Well, he just kind of wanted to get it over with. Mm. Or two, he just didn't want to yeah. see what else was going to come <laughs> out. But I don't know if it hurts him at the end of the day. I think he's one of those guys that... He's Teflon. Well, he's kind of iconic in the sense that because he's been around so long now and with the music and and been on the scene and the news cycle runs so quick. I mean, I'm sure people will remember, but I don't know how much damage it'll necessarily do. Sort of like how much damage do you think was done with Will Smith in this whole episode with uh, Jada and the wife? Do you think it hurt his brand overall? It did. Did he build enough equity where he'll eventually get he'll uh, um, get past this. Will has such a good reputation of being a solid, nice individual, except to Chris Rock, that most people will forgive him. And the body of work is very strong. And you're right about that, because it's funny. We had already forgotten about Will Smith. Till you brought him up, I hadn't thought about it in a couple weeks. The news, There's going to be something else that happens by the end of Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to move on from this. But I've always said about that industry, it is an evil, demonic industry. And that young lady that filed charges, I don't look at her as a completely innocent Bystander. She decided to participate in this world, and she got paid off. It, it is what it is. We all make decisions in life. But that industry is being more and more uncovered. Things go on. It's not like working as an accountant. It's a different world. No, it is a different world. It is a, it's the, uh, yeah, the entertainment industry, man. It's, it's, uh, there are no rules. Yeah. Really. Or you That's make the rule. There are no there rules. There are no rules. That, yeah, exactly. Uh, what's going on with Sonny Boy is now wrestling. My youngest, wow, Santino Rafael Lopez, He's getting up just in turned there. four, had his first wrestling tournament. And Kim, you've been in my house. He's a little maniac. Yeah. He does, he's like Allen Iverson. Doesn't listen. He's like, practice? What practice? What are you, Mexican Larry Brown here, exactly. huh? Yeah. <laughs> but get this. He's game time ready. Dude, I was so worried at all these kids there. And imagine a bunch of four-year-olds. He had to weigh in. Yeah. He was came in at 38 pounds. The other kids were 42, which is a big difference when you yeah. weigh 38 pounds. Was killing all of them. Three, won three in a row. Yeah, I was so he was getting cranky. They were all like, "Oh, he's never gonna do it." I'm all stressed out. I get him out there, and he just got in a zone. And he looks at me, and he gives me a thumbs up. And 
He started taking him down. I was like, oh my God, where's this kid? And he won three in a row. The last one, he was beating the kid, but because he doesn't really know much technique, he kept letting him up. He let him up, get behind him, and he lost by one point of reversal. But he didn't get taken yeah. down the whole day. And I was like, oh, this kid's got, and he's got, he's got um, aggression, and he's got a, a, a like just an angst about him that I'm like, all right, he's game time. So that made my day. I was like a Clyde nine. That's why my voice is still uh, a little bit. Is it fun sore. for him? Can you, dude? Tell it's like Baby Fight Club. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. You know why he liked? Because here's the thing. And especially like when my kids are wrestling, the crowd gathers, right? Yeah. So all these kids, all these people right there, he liked the people yelling, mm. like the attention, because a lot of people will shrink or they don't like the attention or the moment's too big for them. He, Both my boys like the attention and they like when the people are out there watching and that the pressure. It's exciting, man. Mm. It's exciting. It's a fight out there. But the little kids, dude, it's so funny. I mean, they're little kids <laughs> and then four years old. And believe it or not, um, this it was actually... Uh, uh, pretty competitive for starting so young. So I'm going to have uh, both the boys wrestling at the same time. Tournament soon. That ought to be, uh, I'll come in with a real horse voice that day. All right. So anyway, <laughs> uh, programming reminder, next week we'll be taking a hiatus. We will not be on the air. You'll be in New York, correct? I'm going to be in New York. Well, I'm going to Pittsburgh first, uh, the wife's hometown. Mm. Um, and then from there, going to New York to light the tree at the Rockefeller. Uh, tis the season. Tis the season. By the way, I heard we're getting a cold front out there. Have fun. Oh, man. I get so, so spoiled out here. Yeah. Dude, I was at the Hollywood Bowl last night. We went to go to the kids. We took them to go see Mariah Carey. For, by the way, you forget how many damn good songs she has. Yeah. Mariah Carey and all that. Dude, it gets cold at yes. the bowl in the middle. Of I was like, yo, yeah. this is L.A. This is not. Yeah, tell I, that to someone in Green Bay. No, exactly. Okay. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I said, we're a bunch of whips because people yeah. in Green Bay. Maybe a short sleeve. Maybe a short sleeve and a t-shirt. Uh, I mean, shorts and a yeah. t-shirt right there. But um, that's always a good time out there in Bundling. But yeah, it's going to be record cold, I think, out in uh, in New York. But I'll be ready to go, hitting it first week of December in what should be a really good year coming up. Yeah, and when we come back uh, in a couple of weeks, we will go through the results of Menavita's Andre, and we're going to line up some special guests, talk about the year in review. So a lot to talk about. Hey, at the wrestling tournament, by the way, I had a couple people come up to us, what? come up to me and said oh, they listened to oh, us. Oh, that's great. They the said, fine, fine folks and out they there. Said, so shout out to the listeners out there. Appreciate you guys. And they said they even met you. And I said, was he nice? <laughs> said, yeah, he was nice. Actually, I go, wow, you must have caught him in a good mood. And I heard they said, I have the best references. You know, that, that just, that just tickles <laughs> This tickles my heart, man. All right, but anyway, if you want to sponsor our fine program, send an email to info at boxbid.io. We hope everyone out there has a great Thanksgiving and yes. holiday We're weekend. thankful for you guys. Yes, we absolutely. So on behalf of Mario Lopez, Smokin' Tim Frazier, and Tino, Tino on the edits, this has been the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass.